Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Lakers coming up tonight right here on ESPN Las Vegas after Cofield and Company. Lakers favored in an elimination game by two. Plenty to get to. Three o'clock hour will include an update on the rest of the NBA playoffs. We got more and more people in the fight game, like seriously giving the Paul brothers a shot in these upcoming fights, and I'm freaking blown away by it. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. And later in the show, we'll get back to the Raiders parking press conference today. They revealed uh, some of the plans about parking near and around the Al for this first season with fans here in Vegas in the NFL. How about those Knicks? Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. From the very beginning of this series, this team was all about we crossed the finish line. We made it, and you could just tell. They're not as good as the Hawks. They're not as tough as the Hawks. They didn't respond last night after Clint Capella smacked them around via the media. And, frankly, they all made a mistake. Like, Randall's a nice player, and I saw a lot of hate directed at him. Dial it down. Best fans in basketball, the Mecca. Randall's a nice player. Derrick Rose a hell of a story, John. You know, with this rebirth late in his career. But Trey Young is, he may not be a two-way player. He's a top-ten scorer in the league. He's a superstar. And they motivated him, and he rained pain all over him. And then rubbed it in. Like the Haw- like the Hawks are just built better, right? Like they're the average the average age of their stars is much younger than what the New York Knicks are rolling out there. They're built on a young foundation of Trey Young, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? John Collins. Like they, they have a lot of talent on that team. And you saw the difference in every single one of those games. And look, there's something to be said of, you know, we use the term like can't reach another level, whatever it is. A team like the Knicks did everything they possibly could to win every single game they possibly could in the regular season. That was the best version of the Knicks that we saw. And it was the 24th best offense in the league in terms of efficiency. And, like, they didn't really have much else. And so you had all of this, like, hey, man, the Knicks are grittier. They're going to get this series. And, like, really? I'll take take the ball-dominant point guard who can destroy you with his floater every single time on a pick and roll and who has, like, three shooters on the floor that shoot better than 37% at any time. And it'll probably be a nightmare for you. And sure enough, it was. So I'm not getting on the Knicks for losing 4-1. Like I said, right. sometimes you make it to the playoffs the first time. You overachieve. You're just happy to be there. They're not as good. But the fans got so amped up. Um, In my mentions. Oh, crazy. And then last night, just waving the white flag. And a lot of the fans were like, great job. Great job. What happened to all these high expectations? And even worse, I saw this message from Randall's wife. On Twitter, she said, watching my husband give his all day in and day out, proud isn't even a word. No one thought you could, and you did. This team was so uh, much fun to watch. Only the beginning, hashtag proud wifey. Meanwhile, I'm reading a guy who does New York radio and also fills in nationally, uh, alleging, I think he was joking, but alleging that Randall has been so bad 
That I think he's point shaving. (laughs) Like, Knicks fans and New York media, you're on the big stage now with the Knicks. Now, of course, the big stage is my Nets. You probably should glom onto them. Stop worrying about the Knicks. But you're on the big stage, and from the way the crowd behaved, some of the stupid chants last night, they bring out rally towels. I mean, that, that is Des Moines, Iowa crap. Yeah. But the way the fans behaved and the media behaved, like, it's big boy time, okay? Act like you've been here. It's true. And get your rally towels Friday night at VGK. <laughs> well, but, but you understand what I'm saying about New course. York fans, right? right? Of course. New York! Nothing Rebecca. like it. All right. Nothing like it. John's getting yelled at at the beginning of the series. You ever been there? Yeah. MSG? Nothing like it. Called, I was called like multiple <laughs> times a Knicks hater, right? Well, how about, how about, didn't you do a radio appearance before the series and some host got mad at you? He might have gotten mad. It was one of those where he asked me a leading way to pick the Knicks, and I was like, yeah, I think the Hawks are going to win this thing. And I was, you know, I had much more analysis behind that statement. Right. And it was one of those where the host is like, well, you know, I think the Knicks because X, not that I don't under your opinion. It was like the only series in which he had offered a rebuttal because it was his Knicks team. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm sorry. I just think the Hawks are better. So, And I was wrong because I thought they would win in six. And they won in five. <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> Did you reach out and try to get back on that show now? No, I didn't. You should. No, I should, though, yeah. New spot. I didn't want to twist the knife anymore. I had a good couple of jabs after game two when they were spilling out in the streets, happy that they lost home court. They go 1-1, and they're <laughs> chanting, we want Brooklyn. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> that's multiple rounds in the future. You're not even going to get out of this series. Maybe they meant, we want Brooklyn jerseys because we're right. going to cheer for them. No, and I'll tell you this much, by the way, uh, just looking at them from a statistical profile – Next year's not going to be that pretty if they're rolling it back. I'll just put it that way. Why? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that they did that were really unsustainable. Like, for example, the one thing I kept glomming onto, which, by the way, they got toasted on it in this series, they have the best three-point perimeter defense in the NBA despite giving up the third-most wide-open looks in the league. Opponents were shooting 34% on those. Give it the third-most wide-open looks, and yet you had the best shooting percentage on those looks. And guess what happened in this series? The Hawks they didn't shoot 34%. They shot 47% on those looks. Like, they're going to get dusted in the regular season if they run this back. Now, there's the Knicks and reality, right? Like you said, a lot of unsustainable numbers. You look at the roster, you're like, all right, is this really a four-seed it's their first trip to the playoffs in eight years. Okay, they made some progress. Then there's the Clippers. They built this to win titles, and last night was another freaking disaster. We'll come back again. Ready? Let's go. Genuflect at the feet of Luca. He's ridiculous. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Now, to say that we're all excited about the 2021 football season, Allegiant Stadium might be the biggest understatement over the last year. The return of fans to large-scale sports and entertainment represents the biggest milestone in our city's recovery. It's one of the final pieces of the puzzle of that recovery. Bottom line, we can't wait. Now, one thing I know is that Mr. Davis and Mr. Bedane have made a commitment to excitement and excellence on the field all the way to a world championship. Big Raiders parking press conference today. The best stadium, the best hotels, 
the best food, the best parking, all will be part of this run to a championship. Look out, Chiefs! Actually, I guess more accurately, look out, Buccaneers. It's coming. It's all a building process. Now we will have fans in that stadium who will be able to park pretty close within a mile. And it will be a raucous atmosphere. I'm not going to say as raucous as, say, like, MSG, because <laughs> no one is like the Knicks fans. One last point on the Knicks. You were just telling me Hawks' slight favorite going into the series to win the series. ESPN writers on the NBA, 15 of the 17. 14 of 16. 14 of 16 picked. The Knicks. What were they saying? I, I don't. Like, I, I would not slight anybody for picking the Knicks, right? Again, it was only $1.20 series price. The overwhelming majority, though, picking the New York Knicks is what surprises me. Like, 14. I'm with you. Like, to have that many people buy into the MSG, home court, <laughs> grittiness, toughness, instead of three-point shooting, pick-and-roll defense, like, the things that actually but, matter is pretty surprising. But you also, I mean, you, you made the case, and it, it, it just, it's so telling of, you know, new school thinking, old school thinking, and a lot of, you know, sports writers are still old school thinkers, but you point out something so basic, like, wow, the Knicks' three-point defense is really, really good. Some of the best in the league. And then you say, well, they actually give up the third most wide-open shots in the league. Teams just happen to miss them. You're a hater. It's such results-based thinking, and we talk about results-based all the time. Well, they won. They won. Who cares? Well, you have to take a deeper look at a lot of different things. It's who wins and who loses is not necessarily who plays the best. There's other things that go into it, and over a long stretch, those kind of things play out. And, you know, you can take short sample sizes and see how things go, you know, one certain way, but you know, that, that's a pretty telling number that I think a lot of people would just say, hey, they have really good three-point defense, and yeah. they don't. Who knows if James Dolan even knows what happened, right? Who knows? <laughs> By the way, that was Chuck Bowling on the way back. Um, he's happy as a clam, right, with what's going on with the Raiders around the MGM properties. Speaking of a guy like that, Mark Cuban, right, another power broker. He's got to be happy. My God. How many days do we have to come in? Or how many? I mean, it's going to be like – Thousands of days so good. over the next 15 years. Luca is ridiculous. How many times are we going to come in and just be like, he's great, he's great, he's great. He just is. I'm going to pull this last stat night again, last night again, the freaking Clippers. Seemingly in the driver's seat. Let's go finish off the series. Can't stop Luca. How about this? Luka Doncic last night scored or assisted on 31 of the Mavs, 37 field goals, 83.8%. That is the highest such percentage in a game in NBA history, regular season or playoffs. And you can see the chart right here of all the shots that he scored or assisted on compared to the rest of the Mavericks. He's incredible, dude. Like, he's absolutely incredible. And I almost think it sucks because the Clippers are like the headline, right? The Clippers falling apart, everything that happened in the bubble, the way this team was constructed, their attitude when they built this team like they had already been there even though they hadn't. Like, it's almost getting lost how incredible this guy has been. Like, when I watch the series, if he pulls up from anywhere, I assume that it's in and they're going to be back on, you know, they're going to be back on offense the rest of the way. And it's been true for the most part. I, I think we're just watching greatness unfold to a certain extent, and we'll look back on this in like 10 years and realize like this was the coming out party. He's insane, dude. He's absolutely insane. Are they going to finish it off, though? The Mavericks? They haven't won a home yet. They have not. They have not been a good home team throughout the regular season. 
And because I chose them to win the Western Conference, until they are officially eliminated, I refuse to back off of the prediction. So I would say that no. I would say that this is a Clippers team that still won two consecutive games in Dallas. So going there and winning another one to extend the series wouldn't be all that shocking. And as crazy as it, as it is to say, I still think they're the better team than Dallas. So I do think that the Clippers will win the next two games and win this series. But that doesn't take away from what the hell he's been doing, which is insanity. What if Przingis actually does something? I mean, but it's, that's the thing. Like, even if he does, it means he's on there, which means you as his Clippers would be able to exploit him on the other end of the floor, theoretically. True. Right? But see, even look, like, this series has been crazy because, like, if you look at, like, what Rick Carlisle did yesterday, because I know you like this nerdy stuff too, Rick Carlisle yesterday was like, all right, you know what? You've been killing us within four feet of the basket. I'm going to start massive human being Boban Marjanovic, and we're going to play zone. And, and, like, it was just a nightmare for the Clippers. Like, they had no answer. They, Kawhi was great at getting dribble penetration and kicking out the shooters, but there was an extent where the three-point shots weren't going down, and it really stymied their offense. And there's a reason why the Clippers posted their worst offensive rating of the series yesterday because of the adjustments that Carlisle made. So now you're asking Ty Lue to make an adjustment to come <laughs> back, which is going to be a little interesting. He did make the adjustment to force Carlisle to go to that zone in that lineup, but now, now it's like, all right, I had one shot. I used my used my bullet, and now I don't know what to do after this. If, if Boban is what ends the Clippers, as we well, know them, I think it was more the zone defense that ended them. But you're right, that's nuts. And here's the thing too: so Luka Doncic is awesome, right? And Trey Young is always going to be tied to Luka Doncic forever because they were in the same draft class. So we were talking about this off the air today, and I was bored. And you go back through. Do you guys realize? how sick the 2018 draft class was like overall it was insane oh man where'd my link go i sent it to you it's not in the rundown <laughs> you've, you've i got it right here i got yeah, it right here i got it in front of me too so you have deandre ayton who went first overall that year who's turned out to be a pretty good player he's gonna get a max contract you have Doncic, you have trey young jaron jackson jr for the grizzlies was the fourth overall pick he's in here colin sexton Mikhail Bridges, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Miles Bridges, like all quality players for their teams at this point right now in their career. At 14th was a guy who at one point was the number one player in his high school class. Michael Porter Jr. Who is pretty good for the Denver Nuggets. But like even go down deeper on this list, right? Let's go to the second round where we're talking about guys like Jalen Brunson, who was in his contention for sixth man of the year this year, right, for the Dallas Mavericks. Gary Trent Jr., who was an awesome piece for Portland last year and is going to be a building block for Toronto as you go forward. Like, how about Bruce Brown? He was 42nd in this draft. And he's like a key legitimate rotation player for the Brooklyn Nets. I know I'm kind of nerding out here, but, like, you go throughout this entire draft. D'Anthony Melton is awesome. He plays for the Memphis Grizzlies all the way down to, like, what are we talking about here? I think the last one, Shake Milton. Shake Milton was, like, the fifth to last pick in this draft, and he's a key role player for the 76ers. That's a promo right there. It's a pretty freaking awesome class. That was a promo. Ari Market, Bruce Brown. That was great. The excitement about Bruce Brown. But the point is, uh, we hear every year from people who don't cover college basketball and really don't cover the NBA very deeply, every draft. There's no one available. First couple of players. You can't get anyone after that. There's players in every freaking draft. And now it's harder than ever to nail the right guys. Yep. I mean, come on. The Lakers tonight, they're going to have to find a way to freaking slow down Devin Booker. Now, the Lakers went with what most people were saying in that draft, right, where Devin Booker was taken. They took D'Angelo Russell, who, frankly, is going to be, you know, a 20-point-per-game guy in losing teams. That's just what is going to happen. Devin Booker went 13th. 
D'Angelo Russell one second. There's players in every draft. Yep. And by the way, I, he's got to be good at you. Got to be good at evaluating talent. I could go on forever too because I didn't name like six guys who were like legitimate. Keep going, players man. In the NBA. <laughs> Grayson Allen, Anthony Simons, Landry Shamit, Robert Williams. These are all the same draft class. And we should also point out that a lot of these guys are like 22 now, 21 now. Yeah. Right. Another thing people forget. Like, it might take guys five years to develop. This guy sucks. Get him out of here. He's like, he's 20. <laughs> Let's chill. All right, I'm going to perform another test coming back. We've been talking about these Paul brothers in these fights. Mayweather against Logan this weekend. Now we've got Ty Woodley, a former UFC champion, going against Jake Paul at the end of August. And, John, we've had fight expert after fight expert on the show and they all keep pitching me how good these paul brothers are so i'll run it by you and i'll run it by the fight expert adam hill i don't get what is happening before these fights this is blowing my mind with 77 cent bud light bottles golden knights hockey game nights are great at silver sevens hotel and casino what am i betting on the golden knights game tonight i'm a degenerate gambler i gotta have action now abs 185 knights back at plus 165 can you get a prop that the game goes to overtime i feel like it goes to overtime and i don't know what really? happens from there but i think colorado wins it overtime hanging at the william hill sportsbook inside silver sevens it's cofield and company can you give yourself a pat on the back no it did go to overtime the abs won in overtime are you proud of yourself no more reasons to dislike Adam Hill if you're a VGK fan. What, for getting something right? I just like, he's like, yeah, it gets to overtime. I don't know what happens from there. Colorado wins it overtime. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think what I meant to say is I don't know how it gets there. Yeah. Uh, but then Colorado wins it overtime. It was also like eight seconds left in the show, so yeah. he was he was rushing. Um, yeah, you know what? I was, uh, I'll tell you what, the way the uh, Knights played in the second period, having Golden Knights for the game at plus 300. Oof. And I got that when they were down one nothing. It's feeling pretty good. And then they tied it, and then they couldn't take the lead. And then I was like, "All right, I'm out." So I bet back the Avs for a little bit and lost a little bit. I, I should have broken even, but I was greedy. Tried to go for the win. <laughs> but the Avs got down to minus one twenty five when the game was tied. About five minutes left in the uh, in the game. So, God, that was a gut punch. Three to one. The Teams t- down one nothing. They play an unbelievable second period. Just could not score. Yeah, well, they, they scored one, but they just could not score. Yeah, it's a, it, it's it's the worst way. Like, I think even if they would have got blown out again, you could be like, okay, erase that, go home, two nothing, burn the tape. Yeah, burn the tape, throw see, it see, out, see if you can go home where you've been, you know, pretty good, and get the two wins and make it a series again. But to play that well and to be in a position to win so many times and not be able to do it, I think is you know. As bad as it gets. It's the worst outcome they could have had to have one blowout followed by that mess yesterday. Uh, that's, a, that's a disaster. And, and you know, I, I think that the Golden Knights are going to have a good response in game three. I think they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be very competitive and they could even win and they could win both games. But they're always going to look back at game two as the one that they should have won. They could have got out of there getting blown out and then come home with home ice advantage. They were that close to doing so. Couldn't do it. Shouldn't have been greedy, Steve. Could have locked it a profit. I know. I know. I had it. I had it. I was greedy. I was thinking that, too. I'm like, if I'm going to bet like a pro, I'm in a perfect position. Just walk away with some money. Right. Nope. Couldn't do it. Greedy, greedy, greedy. Happens. 
Is Floyd being greedy? I mean, I think. Why is Floyd in this fight this weekend against Logan Paul? He's being smart, just collecting paycheck. Are you sure? I think so. Uh, here's a couple of long cuts. I'll just I'll give you the heads up, but I think the info in here is good and kind of funny, or at least it's an opinion that's interesting. Longtime boxing analyst, big part of the fight game, Teddy Atlas expressing some real concern here. When does Floyd cease to exist? When is it not Floyd anymore? I think people are forgetting that. He's 44 years old. He hasn't fought for four years. One day, he's going to get in that ring with whoever he's in there with. He's not going to be Floyd anymore. He's in there with a guy who is 30 pounds bigger and takes the sport serious. The Paul brothers, for whatever you want to say, they respect the sport enough to learn it. To go out there, train diligently, learn the, what they can learn the right way by, the, by people that can teach them the right things, and they put the time into respecting the sport. I give them credit for that. I, I feel like this is a work. Are, being, are we being worked by certain people in boxing? The credentials of the Paul brothers against one of the greatest fighters in the history of the game, who, by the way, is only 44. 44 is not old, especially for Floyd. He's not, you know, he's not walking around with a freaking giant gut. This is, this is now the standard? They work hard at it. The one guy's 0-1, the other one's 3-0. They work hard at it. What yeah. I tell you? So does every Tom, Dick, and Harry who goes to a freaking gym and works to – can you imagine – I was thinking of all the people we know, Adam, around the game of mixed martial arts who go to gyms and have gone to gyms over the years and will roll with pros. And, like, they're not pro fighters, but they've got some skills. Like, your coworker. Larry, Larry? Larry Mir fought you know, in the amateur ranks. Like, he could fight. When he hears this, is he like, they try hard? Well, I think one of the issues, and then. They're working at it. Give them credit. What's your, that, what's, dessert, that gets you a fight with Floyd Mayweather, and now Floyd's in danger? Well, there's multiple things that are wrong with, with what was said. Uh, just to address your point, one of the things that I think is going on is nobody separates the Paul brothers. <laughs> Yeah. One of them takes it seriously. Right. One of them doesn't. So just because one works hard doesn't mean the other one works hard. And here's the other thing. What exactly is Floyd putting on the line? There's no winners or losers in this fight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They can get knocked out. But, but you know that's stupid. If he gets – if Logan Paul is knocked down or knocked out, like, like knocked down multiple times, his face is bludgeoned, he's a loser. Now he's a winner in general because he got the fight and he's going to make the money. Right. So the Paul brand isn't killed. And if Jake can, by some miracle, get by Ty Woodley, which I'm being told by all these fight experts, Woodley's in trouble. I, I, like, give me a little more atlas here on the, the first fight. That's coming up this weekend in Miami. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I do get concerned. A great fighter like Floyd that represents boxing the way he does. And where a lot of people forget that he's 44, forget he's given up 30 pounds, forget that he hasn't fought basically for four years in a real fight, they think it's still the same Floyd. And it's not. It's kind of like the great magician. That's what he is. He's a great magician. He disappears on you. He always was. You know, he makes your punches disappear, right? He, he, he's a great magician. He's a David Copperfield. He makes things go away, makes punches go away. When does he become that old magician? Isn't that guy anymore? The cards are falling out of his sleeve, and the trick's not working anymore. I got to give him credit. He stuck with the analogy very well there. <laughs> think that was, how long is he going to go with <laughs> I was going to say, that was, the, the rabbit is dead. Like, wait, wait, what? He pulls out a dead rabbit. The cards <laughs> are falling out. He keeps pulling out the wrong handkerchiefs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
No, I mean, I think what's fascinating here, at least the way I take all of this, and I was, I was with Adam on Monday, we were talking about this on the podcast, where I believe that the Paul brothers have saved boxing because this is going to be the future. And, and now you see guys like Teddy Atlas buy into this. I think mainly, though, I don't know if it's a work or if they're just trying to sell the event because right now this is boxing in the limelight. Like, this is boxing's see, but, big moment. But here's the thing. I mean, I, I guess – I don't have to be sold the fight. I, to me, the fight is there's some clown getting in there who's going to get tagged left and right and learn a lesson about boxing. Right. That, that sells it for me. But I don't but think I, they're selling I, it to you. So they really need to convince people this is a 50-50 well, fight. Either that or they're trying to put some legitimacy behind it to the people who just staunchly refuse, who love boxing so much that think this is a clown show. So to put some legitimacy behind it, let's have Teddy Atlas, a respected commentator, tell you that these guys are taking it seriously. They respect the sport. There's a chance we could see Floyd lose, and maybe you convince a couple of the boxing I mean, purists that they're going to be in on this. To, to those, you know, to that end, like what is he, what fight is he going to talk about? That's, what fight is Teddy right. Atlas going to talk about That's the other that part. has any interest? So you've got to do this one, and you've got to make people interested in it so they watch and start liking boxing again. Like it's kind of self-preservation uh, to, an ex- to a certain extent. I also think, like, at what point, like, like I've kind of, this has always been my angle on this, too. Like, if you're mad about this, like, it's boxing's fault that they're at this point. Yeah. Right? Well, like, like, to Adam's point, like, what are we talking about outside of this in boxing? What match is coming up? Is Canelo going to fight somebody else that I have no idea who it is? And he's going to be a minus 5,000 favorite again? But if, like, is Floyd fighting on, on Sunday, or is he making Hard Rock Stadium disappear? I'm kind of confused. <laughs> I know. I, I, I also think that's unfair on your part with boxing. Just because you're not following it doesn't mean there's no fights coming up. No, but that, that's John's point, too. Like, that's, what he, that's what John John follows. How closely does John follow sports? He can't name one fight that's coming up. Joshua and whatever, the, the lawsuit thing that just happened. But, but are they actually right. fighting? You don't even right. know. Right. It's scheduled. Fury and Wilder. Right, but see, here's the thing. Lomachenko is coming up. Who? Well, I mean, that's, that's on you. But, but no, but that's unboxing. Like, like, at some point, that's unboxing not promoting these guys and making fights that are worth watching and letting me know that these fights right, are worth because, watching. Right, because, okay, I, do I know who Lomachenko is? Yes, and he's sparred with MMA guys, and I know who he is. Who is he fighting? I honestly do not know. And I, I don't know, like, 98% of people don't know, probably. Right. Maybe more? And look, I like combat sports, but you know what I know about boxing? The fights that like, guys like you and people like you have wanted take like five or six years to make. I got it. You know what I mean? And like, and then this is where you're at. Where like, even on one of the one of the more genius things that I think like Dana White and the UFC have done, and all these other mixed martial arts promotions have done, is you load those cards up with a whole bunch of fights so that I learn more about these guys. You learn about their all these things. But like, even the last time I watched a boxing match. It was like a standalone fight. There was like one other fight on the undercard, and there's nothing behind these two guys. I have any idea what's going on. So I like I feel like this is kind of boxing's grave. They've dug it, and now they're in it. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to Trust Us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. Back here on a Thursday up, it's time to trust us. Dustin DeHart is in from Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA is the number. we got a lot of real estate stuff to get to, but we do want to start out with one of the big local stories today. Dustin, you are a season ticket holder. You did buy PSLs. 
at the Owl at Las Vegas Stadium. And now slowly but surely, parking details are emerging. I'm going to play you a bite here from Mark Bedane, the president of the Raiders, in just a second. Do you have a general idea? What were you planning on doing in terms of parking? Since I'm guessing that your PSLs may allow you to be pretty close to the stadium. Do you know any details? Yeah, I, I don't know any, actually. So when we went there to buy this, Steve, they were very coy about it, <laughs> mainly saying, yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, we were going to we'll let you guys know uh, we got we're working out the details. And uh, yeah, that email's never been sent to us on parking yet. So I'm guessing we're going to be grouped in uh, with everybody else and just kind of have to figure it out. I'm sure the guys that spend seventy five thousand on a PSL, they probably have some parking. But I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I'm going to email my guy uh, and see if he's got any update on that. But well, I'm guessing I uh, don't have any parking as of, as of yet. Dustin, you will be getting an, uh, an update. Someone will be reaching out to you. Here's Mark Bedane today at the Raiders parking huh? press conference talking about the early details and that info is coming. We're going to start selling season-long passes in the next couple of weeks. We're going to email and start with our locals. So local PSL holders will get first crack along with club seat buyers. And then we'll move on to PSL holders in other markets. So that's the process. Uh, our, our, our service team is going to start reaching out to their accounts shortly uh, and start making appointments. People will make a decision of whether they want to purchase a season-long pass. If they decline, they'll be given information on single event passes. If you're not planning on coming to all 10 games, perhaps you'll only buy on the single game market. There you go. Beautiful. Okay. I love so, it. Uh, they're, they're reaching out. They're reaching out, Dustin. How, how many can park there? Do you have any idea? I'm sure Adam knows this question. I, I, think, I know it's not that much. Yeah, I think they only have on the ground about 2,500. And oh, then from there, I guess there'll be priority lots that are a little bit closer. Uh, today they mentioned, and we'll have a lot of this stuff later on. We're going to hit this in the 5 o'clock hour and open the phones. Uh, but today they did mention they now have a total of 35,000 parking spots within a mile of the stadium. Now, 13,000 are owned by the Raiders. 22,000 are actually on the strip. So gotcha. you'll be dealing with the casinos, especially uh, MGM right. properties at the south end of the strip. So this will be, it's going to be kind of an inc intricate thing though to work through yeah. here uh, because as we know, you know, they built the stadium on a small parcel, only 63 acres. Mm -hmm. So parking will be one of those things that uh, some people may have an issue with. Right. Just build it. And we'll figure it out later. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all they can tell you, right? Yeah, they, exactly. they didn't have anything in place yeah. yet. Um, yeah. The demand for tickets. We talked a couple of weeks ago when the schedule mm -hmm. came out. You're like, I'm going to most of the games. I don't really want to get rid of any of the games, maybe a couple of games uh, that you won't go to. I know we after we were talking on the air about it two weeks ago, you had a guy like banging on your door, not literally, yeah. but phoning you to get yeah. Chargers tickets for that final game of the season. In the end, what did you decide to do? <laughs> well, if he's listening, yeah, I do have your email and phone number. Uh, he called uh, our team line and my assistant let me know. I, I'm, I, you know, that's the last game of the season, I, I believe. So I, I think I'm going to that game, Steve. So, you know, like, things may change. So if you are listening to this, I do have your information and I will reach out to you. So there you go. Uh, seeing the, the ticket prices, concession, uh, party around the stadium, uh, resale on the tickets. I'm starting to think that you, you could actually buy a median price house after a couple of years if you just sold all your Raider stuff. I know you don't want to do that. Um, where's the median price right now for homes around Las Vegas? So uh, as of May, we're at 300, excuse me, at April, we're at 375,000. Okay. Uh, we should get the new numbers out tomorrow, I believe, or on Monday at the latest. Uh, my guess is we're probably going to dip into 380, 385 range. 
And like I said, we're probably hitting 400,000 by the end of the summer. Um, we are starting to see a little more supply. When I say a little bit, that's okay. like 600 or more homes in, you know, 30 days, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's something, you know, we do need some, uh, we need a lot more than that to help out these buyers right now and, you know, really start to slow down the market. Uh, but, you know, look, you know, rates have gone up slightly, but it hasn't curbed demand at all. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's it's very, very difficult to get offers accepted. People are just gr- getting run through the ringer. Some of them are given given up. So I'd like to see a little more balanced market here soon. But it's going to take a lot more than 600 homes in 30 days for that to happen. That's for sure. And- and buyers should be persistent. I know it's disappointing, you know, putting in offers on like 20 homes, but there are a lot of times that uh, someone does, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly close a deal on a house, but a lot of these fall through. Yeah. Yeah. So what what I'm seeing a lot of or talking to some, you know, real estate agents that I know, the more more that they're falling out, Steve. Now, look, some, you know, they get pre-qualified and then they go to underwriting and their loan gets denied and that falls out. Right. That That's kind of rare but it does happen but the most we're seeing the fallout from is just people making just blanket offers everywhere right and mainly that's Uh the people out of town or the cash investors right so they just tell their agent you know everything at 350 just make an offer on it right so then they don't even go look at the house then they get the offer accepted and they go look at the house and they're like ah yeah i don't like this you know what i mean so that's a great point so if you are making offers and, you know, talk to your agent if you, you know, maybe you were second or whatever. Keep that in there because there is some fallout. And we are seeing that. And it's about 20 percent right now. So, you know, keep 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 your uh, foot in line, so to speak, because you might get a tap and uh, you might get that house, believe it or not. Give Dustin a call at Nova Home Loans, 877-700. No. All right. We go to the high end stuff before we close out with the reality. Um my God, you know, you, you thought around the world, especially, you know, to the south of us and the, you know, in the Western Hemisphere, you're like, oh, you know, if I if I buy something outside of the U.S., I can get something for kind of cheap. But the luxury market outside of the U.S. is insane. Uh, how about this one? We were talking about a uh, barstool sports guy paying through the nose for rent at a place in Florida. Now, uh, one of the Paul brothers, Logan, he's the one who's fighting Floyd Mayweather this weekend, apparently is renting a place in Puerto Rico. It's a $13 million mansion. I looked at it, 5,200 square feet. Um, I thought, eh, it's pretty nice. $55,000 a month? I know, that's insane. First of all, I'm going off topic here, but what did he do on YouTube to make this much money? Do you know? Because I have no idea. Was it just some crazy, like stunts or something? That's what I'm, uh, was he doing boxing? Like, how did he make this much money? I don't get it. They were doing some boxing, and there's, like, tons of trash talking. Frankly, I don't know what their industry is and how they've made all this money. Now, he's right. – Dustin, he's going to get a huge payoff from this, – this is this is a gigantic score to get Floyd in an exhibition fight. Sure. But, frankly, I don't know how they've amassed what they've amassed, but they've yeah. got – apparently they've got millions that they can just piss away on 55 k a month for a fully furnished home in Puerto Rico. I know. Are, are we a little worried about Floyd and his uh, – his, his – his budget right now or his money? I mean, why is he taking this fight? You know what I mean? Like, does he need the money for this or is it just publicity or what? I have no idea why he's doing this. I think it's natural to believe that maybe he's a little short on money, but the flip side is these are, they really are gimme opportunities. And if someone's going to throw tens of millions of dollars at you, is that why how much not, they're making? Yeah. Why not do it? I, he'll, I'm sure he'll make north of 25 million. They're talking about it being a hundred million dollar fight. Pay-per-views oh north of 2 million. So if wow. the easy money's out there, you know, why not? why not take it? Now, the crazy thing is 
you've got guys like Sugar Ray Leonard who fought in that same range, you know, that welterweight, yeah. uh, you know, 147, 154 range, all the way up to, to 160, 168 towards the end yeah. of his career. I'm so happy to see this. Uh, and, you know, we talk about this high end market and I see people, I'm like, man, they made, you know, they have that much money. This is amazing. I am yeah. so happy to see that Sugar Ray Leonard is selling a house in the Pacific Palisades for north of $45 million, which means, yeah. and he was a superstar, that he didn't blow yeah. his money. Good for him. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he he obviously saved his money, did well. That's a beautiful home, and it's good to see that because I'm, I'm a little worried about Floyd, as I said right now. Jeez. We often see rock stars flame out, not take care of their money. We've got a 70 two-year-old. He's going to be 72. I don't want to make him too old. Uh, Gene Klein, better known as Gene Simmons from Kiss. Right. Uh, he's actually buying in Vegas or in the Vegas area. He's buying in this. Is it Ascaya? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Ascaya. Yep. Okay. So tell, tell us about this community because it looks like there may be a Kiss residency on the way, but Gene Simmons just bought in for over $10 million uh, for a home and a lot uh, in, uh, again, Ascaya. Yeah, very, very modern houses over in the McDonald's Highlands area built on the mountains. Yeah, it's a beautiful house. You know, he, he's been threatening to leave California for a while. Uh, he's selling his. That's right. He has been. That's right. That's right. He did. He did complain yeah. about how expensive it was getting. But then he did buy something else in California in the meantime. Right. But now, uh, you know, clearly he's got uh, tons of money because he's going nearly 11 <laughs> mil to buy here. What's funny is he mentioned, you know, uh, the fires, the earthquakes, and the pandemics. Well, pandemics are kind of everywhere, Gene, uh, or don't make up for the good weather anymore. Hey, I get it, you know. Uh, never been a huge Kiss fan, you know, but you got to respect them. Iconic band, you know. I I just think as a neighbor, are you happy or are you petrified that Gene Simmons is living next door to you? I'd be pretty excited, like, because, I, yeah. you know, I suck at chit-chat, so that's, uh, you know, Go to the cocktail party and hey, by the way, uh, Gene Simmons is my neighbor. So good fodder <laughs> there, right? So God bless him. Talk. Yeah, yeah, right over there. That's Gene Simmons' house. So don't go, don't like, go near it. Yeah, go ahead and beat that. <laughs> I don't know. I watched yeah. a little of his. Uh, he did a family reality show, just like everyone else. And it, their family yeah. was pretty normal. He he's actually he's a he's a brilliant dude. I mean, the the idea of Kiss in the first place and the music they did was awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they they have just been a marketing monster Shame. for like yep. forty years. Absolutely. He sells everything and he's a, he's a phenomenal businessman and yeah, good for him. Uh, Dustin, let's close out on uh, what's been going on the last week or so with the mortgage tune-ups. Yeah, they've been great. Uh, again, rates have stayed, you know, they're not at the record lows we saw last year, but they're very, very low right now. Uh, you know, inflation's kind of ticking them up, guys. So if you've been sitting on the fence, I, I, you know, I really urge you to give us a call. We're saving people a lot of money. You know, we can still get under 3% nowadays, depending on what kind of loan you're in, what kind of credit score you're at. Uh, one quick note, you know, I know that we had uh, last month was Military Appreciation Month, so we were waiving our processing fee or $12.99 for all VA loans. Well, we decided to make Military Appreciation Month the rest of the for, for infinity, I guess. So we're, really? we're never, we're not going to charge VA fun, uh, processing fees on any VA loans anymore. So if you're a veteran out there or active duty to the military, thinking about buying or refinancing your house, give us a call and uh, we're going to waive our 1299 processing fee for you. Give them the phone number. Yep. 702-577-2600. 577-2600. Dustin, you're awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. There he is. Dustin DeHart, 
You heard it, Nova Home Loans with uh, great benefits for active duty and uh, veteran military members. So give Nova Home Loans a call, 877-700-NOVA is the number. On the way, the football frenzy, you're not going to believe the expectations now being placed on the New England Patriots by local Boston radio. Wow, it sounds like the Chiefs are in a lot of trouble in the AFC. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.